Welcome to Sustain This, a podcast where we discuss mindful consumption, personal style, and the quest for living a more intentional life. I'm Alyssa, a sustainable stylist. And I'm Christina, a shopaholic turned minimalist-ish. And I'm Sina, a color consultant and slow fashion style coach. Together, we will unpack the nuances of what it really means to be a conscious consumer and find more joy in what we have right now. So grab your tea, your coffee, or whatever floats your boat and join us in the conversation. Let's go. Yay. <laughs> Today we're talking about why it is so hard for us to use what we already have. I'm not sure about you guys, but for me, um, I recently read Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I feel like I'm currently like just analyzing everything like based on that book, especially like spending habits and developing your personal style. I feel like you can definitely use the book as a way to develop your personal style and gain better habits also from like a consumption perspective um and there's like one sentence in that book which i think really resonates with today's topic and it is what is rewarded is repeated what is punished is avoided mm-hmm. and i think for many people like not shopping is a form of punishment um, or it can feel like a, a form of punishment um, because a, a lot of people will will connect a lot of positive feelings and satisfaction and happiness with the act of shopping. Like there's a lot of excitement connected to that. Um, so I think, you know, and, and that's like just the basics of habits is that a habit, even, you know, it can be good or bad ones. It's repeated when we feel a sense of reward. And I think that's what we feel every time we buy something, because again, it's that excitement and we have like some positive feelings connected to that. And if we stop shopping, we feel like we're kind of missing out on that opportunity or that reward, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe that's the the case for many people. Like they, they genuinely feel like it's a punishment to use what they already have or to like keep themselves from buying new stuff. Yeah. Because it's so boring, right? Yeah, exactly. This old thing. Yeah. I think, um, so it's so, I love that concept. I think it's really interesting. I have, maybe it's like a, (laughs) God, I hope it's not like a conspiracy theory. But I think it also, our lives today are so busy and we are kept so, like I said, we're kept so busy that it is just also easier to buy something new than to use this wonderful gift of creativity to be like, wait a minute, what do I have? Let me do this. Let me try and put these things together. Let me try and see my closet in a new way. Cause that takes some mental energy. And of course it does take time. We've talked about time being a privilege when it comes to slow fashion and reusing what you already love and and have. But I really, I, I really think that perhaps in certain parts of the world, at least I see this in stark contrast in comparison to North America as to when I'm here in Italy, it's like, there's no time to, to sit and be creative with my clothes. Like if I want to wear something cool to this party, I'm just going to go out and get it because it's so much easier. Um, So I I do fully agree in the, everything you said about atomic habits and how there's like that, that behavior is rewarded with the hit of dopamine. And we get that little rush of wearing something new and it's cool. Like I get that too, when I buy something new. Um, But Mm -hmm. I also think it, it has to do with the way our lives are are engineered and designed by way of external factors that just make Mm. buying new an easier alternative. Yeah. I don't know. 
we live in a world of abundance yeah. where it's just easier to consume than it is. Yeah. Um, but in terms of reward versus punishment, we, it is like biochemically, we are being rewarded by getting that spike of dopamine. And um, there's this really, really excellent book and it's a very easy read. So you don't need to be like sciencey or like into psychology or any of that to um, absorb it and get value, but it's called Dopamine Nation by Dr. Ann Lemke. There's also a, a Huberman Lab podcast where she's on it and it's a great discussion. Um, talking about it from the side of um, dopamine and addiction, but this applies to shopping because, I mean, you can be addicted to shopping, but it's like whatever you find that is a vice in terms of overindulgence, whether it be shopping for people, it could be, you know, substances, alcohol, pornography, things like that, whatever you overindulge in. And it, um, she talks about how basically like your dopamine levels, it's, it's always balanced to the side of pain or pleasure. So when your dopamine level is lower, you're tilted toward that side of pain. So that could be boredom, sitting with yourself, stress, uh, anything like that. And if your coping mechanism is shopping, we're going to tilt that. We buy something, we tilt that teeter-totter to the side of pleasure. Um, but it, 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 from what I understand, it spikes dopamine higher than your baseline level. Like we all have a baseline level of dopamine. And if you're continuously shopping, you're searching for that spike, but then your dopamine level goes down below your baseline. Now we're back in the pain portion. So you're almost in like a withdrawal. So maybe that's when you're feeling, again, anxiety, boredom, any of that stuff. So then I'm going to go shopping again to try to to get that spike back. And so um, I think that's a lot of, you know, why we shop because we are in a certain level of pain and discomfort. It's almost hard to sit with that temptation. And like how you say, Sina, it's like a punishment not to do it. So it's always easier to seek out that dopamine hit, get that spike. But that threshold, the more you do it, becomes higher and higher and higher and more difficult to satisfy. So we keep buying more and more and more. And that's why it's like when you do like a like a no buy or like um, any of that stuff, that's why I think it can feel like a punishment because there is some actual physical discomfort and pain that we're feeling by not indulging in the habit to sort of relieve that. So I just found it so eye-opening and so interesting. Like if you can understand the biology behind it a little bit, it helps you kind of sort of sit with that feeling of boredom, of pain, of, you know, those things that you have to go through that withdrawal really to um, try to change and address that habit. I just thought it was like mind-blowing. Yeah. It's crazy. Maybe that should be the next read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dopamine yeah. Nation. It's great. It's That's a great really book. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I read it in a day. I was like, wow. I could not put it down. Yeah. Maybe also like, just speaking of punishment again, or that feeling of pain, maybe it's also like the reason why we struggle wearing at least certain pieces in our wardrobe is because it feels kind of like a pain every time we wear it. Um, because maybe that piece was never right in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not a reward when we wear a piece like that. And, and yeah. you know, 
I think we should talk a little bit about dopamine dressing too, because it's like a way of, we talked about investment pieces in our previous episode, but I feel like it's just to use that phrase again, investing in your wardrobe where, you know, you buy pieces that you connect fully with or that you know you're going to get joy out of wearing so that it feels like a reward every time you wear that piece and so that you can kind of put that feeling back into your wardrobe somehow instead of having to buy something new to get that feeling. Um, How do you find joy and newness in old pieces, I mm. guess? How do you create that habit? Um, you guys are the shop your closet experts. Maybe you can share some tips because I do think it is in our world of overabundance and overconsumption and using shopping, I say frequently, maybe even primarily as our favorite form of escapism. Um, we even talked about that in the de-influencing episode. It's like we're always – it's like a, the the activity, the pastime to make us feel better. Like as you say, Alyssa, like we're at our jobs all day. You're stressed. You're maybe a mom. You have kids you need to feed and all this stuff. Um and it's like a way that you can almost like feel something sometimes, you know? How do you shift that reward from buying something new to going to your closet first and getting use out of those things? I I like the pausing. I think taking 24 hours just to because then you're not cutting yourself off completely from from making the purchase. I don't know if this this is going too off topic but I find when I focus on like I did a no buy or I tried to do a no buy and I find when I focus on what I can't have then it makes it yes. worse yes. it's like why am I why yep. why am I restrict like and I, it was so frustrating for me like I was much happier not shopping what I wasn't thinking about not shopping <laughs> do you know what I mean mm. so mm-hmm. I, I kind of I like the idea of taking a pause before you like making that like a personal policy, like give yourself 24 hours because usually within that 24 hours and like, and finding something else that's fun that you like to do, go for a run, go for a walk, call a friend. Usually after those 24 hours, you're like, Oh, did I really, did I really need this piece? And, and I like nine times out of 10, you don't and then I'm gonna mm, say or you forget about or you it forget about it altogether yes because like life yeah. is great otherwise like why um mm-hmm. and then I you've heard me say this before I think daily gratitude god how many times I'm gonna sound like a broken record I'm not even gonna get into it we're gonna do a whole we're gonna do a whole yeah, yeah we should honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly like <laughs> as woo woo as we keep joking about it it's like nah man this is like it I don't know. It's like, I I don't, it's definitely not like a silver bullet, but it's like, I find it's the small, because I also think that we're always looking for, you know, a a solution or a silver bullet. But I truly believe that, that habits and behaviors change with like these tiny little things that you do every day that seem insignificant when they're done on their own. Like Hmm. I didn't like practicing daily gratitude didn't have a, I didn't see or understand or, or become aware of its positive effects until like three years later. <laughs> Takes a while, yeah. you know, like it's not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna wake up one morning and yeah. be like, <laughs> life is great. 
I have everything I ever wanted because also it doesn't still work. Like, oh my God, there's this vase. I don't know if I should even, there's this vase in this very fancy store down the street and it's stupid expensive, but I'm obsessed with it. And I realized I waited 24, 48 hours and I waited and I was going to buy it. Like I was so close to buying it. So ridiculous. And then I finally realized that I was, I really just wanted to buy it because I was feeling homesick and lonely and I wanted to buy Aww. it to like fill my home and I was, I was missing my home. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that 24 hours, if you're capable of doing like a little bit of maybe introspection or just like living life and then you forget about it, I think that can mm-hmm. be very, very helpful. Hmm. Sorry, that was a very long rant. I yeah. apologize. <laughs> no, that was great. I love the, 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 way you refer to like doing little things every day that's actually something um the author of Mm. atomic habits he talks a lot about he talks about something called the two minute rule which is basically the easiest way to get started with a good habit is to say okay i I just need to do it two minutes like it doesn't matter how much i get done it's just the two minutes like the act of doing it for two minutes is what's going to change everything in the long run it's i think it's the 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 repeating act of you know wearing your clothes and and Christina you've you've kind of like sometimes phrased this as spending time with your wardrobe and like Mm -hmm. practicing actually spending time with your wardrobe I feel that that is really important um I think we all know when we are buying things it's not necessarily about the stuff like it's not the thing that we're buying it's like who I'm gonna be when I buy this how this is going to, you know, make me cooler, make me this and make me that. But there's also, um, like when I was really sort of dissecting my own behavior with shopping and some of this, I still even notice to this day, uh, because I do allow myself to like, you know, buy things a little bit more freely than, than before. But, um, there were other rewards besides just the thing. So, a lot of the times, um, you know, I would be scrolling horizontal on the couch, so I'd be really bored. And then social media would sort of trigger these new wants. I see this cool girl I'm inspired by, so I'm going to buy these pants to also be like a cool girl because I want to be a cool girl. Then you spend the money, which feels productive. You wait for the package, which feels anticipatory. The package comes. It's a reward you try on the clothes, it's maybe it's not what you want. So then you spend some more time taking it back and then you get to repeat the cycle because I didn't find that perfect thing. I get to go do this thing all over again. So it's almost like a way to spend time Mm. um, to make yourself feel like you're doing something. Like I think you talked about in the other episode, there is like a loneliness epidemic and and consumption increases when you're lonely. And I think a lot of us are chronically online. We're not mm. really out there living life. We're staying inside and seeing what other people are doing. And I think that triggers – like I think we all are looking for a purpose and something to do and a reason to do it and – but we're so sucked in by like social media and, and habits and just used to that as a way to spend time and like cope, cope with feelings of boredom and stuff that, um, that shopping becomes that reward. So it's never about like 
So when you're sort of stuck in that loop, using what you have is really hard, like getting up and like breaking that cycle is really difficult. So that's why I like I always talk, especially if you're doing like a no buy or a low buy or any challenge like that, um, which can essentially be framed. I sort of frame it now as like a dopamine detox. Oh, I like uh, that. It's so in that book, Dopamine Nation, Dr. Lemke talks about how um, for pretty much like all of her patients, um, who come to her, she'll recommend a four-week, minimum four-week dopamine detox where essentially you abstain from that behavior, whether it be like, you know, shopping, smoking pot, alcohol, whatever. Um, You abstain for four weeks. She says a minimum of four weeks is basically a minimum. And the first two weeks are the most difficult. That's when you like legitimately experience like withdrawal you mm. experience temptation, you feel that anxiety. It's like, it's, it's a, it's li- literally a withdrawal. So if you guys have ever done a no buy, those probably first two weeks, you might think back and say, wow, those were the really, really hard. Those were really, really hard. And then you might think, oh, like the last two weeks, it's kind of a breeze. It's because it's almost like it's, you're resetting your dopamine system. You're resetting your brain to learn to cope um, without that habit. So that four weeks is very critical, which is why I'm like, oh, a month no buy is maybe like it, but, but it's, it's something where you have to like, you abstain from all scrolling from all like, you know, anything that sort of triggers you into that temptation. Um, Mm. but I did find that when I did a no buy January, I found like, oh, the first two weeks were a little bit difficult because you're learning new habits and kind of sitting with them. And then after that, the last two weeks, it was kind of a breeze. So I just found that really, really interesting that there is potentially some science behind that. Mm. But it's really about like breaking, breaking the habits. And as you say, sitting with it, pausing and like allowing yourself to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think many people become so obsessed with the end goal, like the dream warrior, for example, that becoming such a huge goal for you that you forget to actually enjoy the process. Like that's like a, such a cliche, right? Mm -hmm. Like life is not a destination, it's a journey or whatever, but it's like, you know, we become so obsessed with building our dream wardrobe that the entire like act of building it. And like you say, Christina, spiraling into buying piece after piece, it becomes the thing rather than the actual dream wardrobe becomes the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Oh my God. (laughs) That's exactly it. But I just find also like, I never found my style and my dream wardrobe in shopping for it because you don't really learn how to put pieces together and how to, or you can almost even get into these like outfit ruts, Mm -hmm. like where you just reach for the same, like literally the exact same combination every day. And I think there's a lot of value and merit in a style uniform, but like I want to learn how to be creative with my clothes, come up with different combinations. And you really only learn that by using what you have, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like one shirt, multiple ways, like all anything like that. I think that's where you can really, um, they talk about creativity, like using the constraints of what Mm -hmm. you have to to flex creativity um and i think if you're struggling with shopping and wardrobe and always kind of having this fantasy of what your wardrobe is supposed to be like i think 
it can really help to just start with what you've got. Mm-hmm. I think it all go like honestly, yeah. like play the dress up. Yes. Yeah. You know. I think limitation is like the ultimate breeding ground for creative thought. It really, that's when you have to come up with the most interesting solutions because you just don't have any other option. So I, yeah, I love that. I think there's a quote or there's a couple quotes that I've pinned about how, how that's like constraints are the, the breeding ground for creativity. And I think it's so true. But it's all off. It's going back to the whole like dopamine thing. It's hard to put those limits on yourself. But, but maybe you get that reward. Like I don't know. I feel rewarded when I go in my closet and I put something together that I haven't before. So maybe it's like the flip side, right? Like maybe you create. Do you? I wonder. Like, do you get a dopamine rush when you put outfits together? Oh, and you, sure I think is. so, because then you get you go outside and people are like, oh, I love this outfit. And it's like, oh my god, I've had it for like these are ancient. Like this is old. And then you get that like mm-hmm. external validation, which is in itself a little dopamine hit, but it was all from within, which is kind of nice. I need to read that book. Yeah, and I think you kind of you need to kind of <laughs> learn that. Like you need to learn that you that that's actually possible. I think so many people are um, so deep within that consumption spiral that they don't even know that you can get that same excitement oh. by turning directly to your wardrobe. That's something you need to learn. Um, and like you say, Do. Christina, you need to learn some things yeah to to master like how to put things together it's not necessarily just because you see someone on instagram putting together a very specific outfit it doesn't have to like be limited to just like that combination like there are many other combinations to explore mm-hmm. um i wonder like we talked or christina you talked a little bit about social media and like temptations on social media um because something else that supposedly is very important in terms of like building good or better habits is to to change up your environment um have you guys like tried any like active things on social media that being like on following certain people or maybe unsubscribing to newsletters or have you done anything like actively to change up your environment to kind of keep yourself from wanting to buy new things i i actually recently did like a mass unfollow of a lot of um influencers that i turned to for inspiration but I really noticed that I'm like, as soon as I see her wear like a certain pair of jeans or shoes or this combination that I didn't happen to have, it it makes me like, you know, click on the tag and then go to the store and then look for the thing. So I when I notice that, um, I just unfollow them. And like some, you know, I'll refollow or like when I feel a little bit more in control of that but uh, I can definitely feel and sense when it might get into a slippery slope like it's like I don't want to be like you know sometimes I'm like you know maybe this is something that I want to add and then I'll wish list it and I'll wait you know I'll make a plan for it in my wardrobe but I feel like I can go to this day from like feeling very intentional and good about it to oh, I got the shirt, now I want this, and now I want that, and that. And like, it can really go into that consumption and spiral, which like for me, it's, I know that a lot of my shopping is a coping mechanism for something else. So it's like when I'm feeling that way, it's like you have to step back and lean into real life and sort of, again, like feel your feelings and mm. look inward. You so that. unfollowing, I think is great. Yeah. Stopping watching hauls, like, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I completely agree with everything you say, Christina, that it's not necessarily about not finding people like inspiring or whatever. But I, and I think we talked about this when we talked about trends in one of the first episodes that trends are kind of like a visual virus. So sometimes like I have that thing with, for example, right now, everyone are wearing those Adidas uh, Samba Mm -hmm. trainers, like they're everywhere. (laughs) And I've seen them so many times now that I can start feeling like an urge within me. Okay, well, maybe they they would be cool. And I know that it's temporary. It's because I've been exposed to them so much. And a lot of the people that I follow have like a similar taste and style. And we Mm -hmm. all kind of have this effect on each other is like contagious and it's yeah I think you need to definitely like you can unfollow until you learn to kind of like you say Christina control that and be on top of it so it doesn't become something like that sparks consumption or like okay well I then I definitely need that thing because everyone else is wearing it or clearly it's a good match for my wardrobe and it might be but I think again yeah what you both say about like pausing and just processing Mm -hmm. is you know I think it's it's definitely key, like, yeah, to just stop and reflect. Yeah, I was just thinking also about like the f- we we often talk about like uh, trends and you know wanting to belong to the tribe. So maybe that's also why it's hard to sometimes use what we have because if something yeah. is trendy, you know, we want to fit in, we want to look contemporary, we want to look our best, um, mm-hmm. and we want to feel like we belong to our tribe. And it's mm-hmm. hard to go against that. Um, And I think unless you actively make that choice or maybe even look for a new tribe to become part of, it's it's always going to be a little bit tricky or a little bit hard to break free from that. Yeah, I think that's always the issue is like finding a sense of belonging without really losing who you are and without losing your own identity within, you know, by, by trying to fit in. But it's such a human need yeah to feel that Mm -hmm. sense of belonging maybe we can speak to this right now like you're in italy you have a 16 piece capsule Mm. wardrobe how are you feeling by only using that like with that constraint yes the creative constraint is it boring what do you are you feeling tempted to shop do you find it difficult like what's how's that going that's that's a great question i was actually gonna say the when you guys were talking about the changing of the environments i often find that it's it's not by choice that i often find myself with that with the limitation and the changed environment just because of the way life has been um so yeah no yeah i love it i haven't been i've been tempted to buy i've been tempted to buy a little sundress because I did not bring. I've noticed also, I, I observed that my wardrobe is still very um, <clears throat> like urban and city ready, but I'm on islands <laughs> and like everyone's wearing like flowy paisley and like white gauzy things. And I'm like black trousers, black tank top, <laughs> like, you know, like Celine glasses. Like I'm like ready for like, <laughs> jumping on a subway not like jumping on a little traghetto going to the little island so like I definitely um but it doesn't bother me I feel comfortable and I feel fine and I'm very very happy with what I brought but I am more from a functional to be honest if I buy anything um I I had to buy a pair of flip-flops like just stupid rubber flip-flops because I was like on the beach and I was ruining my nice sandals and I was like okay like Mm -hmm. I 
I don't want to ruin these really beautiful, expensive sandals. So I bought a pair of flip-flops. Uh, and if I buy, I'm still contemplating like a stupid little sundress just to go to the beach or like, cause it's so much easier to just throw on. And I didn't bring mm -hmm. my two dresses yeah. that I brought are like maxi and they're like a beautiful linen and one silk. So they're not functional. They're, they're perfect for evening or for day mm -hmm. walking around. But I, I missed that. So it's really, it, it's but that's very a neat. That's not like a, yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like pragmatic. that's a lesson learned yes. more than a yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, sorry. So in terms of the no, and the creativity is good. Like I've had to, I've come up with a bunch of different ways to like wear my like wear my scarf as a top, which I would never do in Canada yeah. because I don't need to. I have multiple tanks and tees to do that with. So um, yeah. So no, I find the limitation is always, I think travel capsules are some of the most, the best ways to become like reacquainted with your, your creativity mm. in your closet because they're, you're so. Yeah, limited. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes me think of like what I am just hearing in all of this. It makes me think of like, you're focusing on what you have. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, you know, you've identified a gap. That's fine, but it's not like overtaking your mindset you know like it's right no it's this pragmatic there's a great quote from the book um effortless by greg McEwen, and it's um something along the lines of if you if you focus on what you lack you lose what you have and when you focus on what you lack or when you focus on what you have you gain what you lack and i think um, that's nice beautiful yeah it's such a great great book great adjunct to um atomic habits cena the book uh essentialism and effortless yeah should, should we do like a whole book club yes oh yeah we should <laughs> yes. all of the books um, that changed our life our yeah. lives yeah but i think um i mean uh, looking reflecting on like shopping you know we, we even talk about it it's like oh identify the gaps in your wardrobe but then it's like you can almost get so like hyper focused on that that it's you really st you don't see what else you have to work with at the time. So I don't know, for me, it's like gratitude is the attitude and, and taking the action, changing your environment. Mm. Um, and I mean like accepting when you do buy, like you don't have to punish yourself for that. But I think it's noticing that like, what are you using that action of shopping for? Mm. All right. So we've come to the end of, today's episode if you guys uh want to share anything with us how are you trying to um wear your wardrobe more what are you doing to find more joy in using what you have feel free to share it with us in the comments um on youtube and um yeah thank you so much for listening thanks guys Bye. Thank you so much for joining in our conversation this week. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple and leave us a rating and review. It's one of the best ways to support the Sustain This podcast at zero cost to you. We're also a community-led podcast. So if you have any questions for us, topic requests, or even guests you want to hear from, please send us a DM on Instagram at sustainthis underscore podcast. We read all of our comments and look forward to hearing from you. We hope you join us again next Tuesday where we'll talk about so much more than clothes. Ciao!